Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey everyone, welcome to Elijah Streams. Today's Monday, October 31st, 2022. I'm your host, Kelsey O'Malley, filling in for Steve Schultz today. Happy Monday. I hope everyone had an incredible weekend. You know, we love Mondays here because we get to be with Johnny Enlow and he always has incredible revelation um, stuff that just constantly blows my mind. Anytime I'm with Johnny, um, he's just incredible. We love him so much. But before we bring him on, we have a couple updates. Uh, First of all, thank you so much for all who have given so far to support um, the digging of wells. I mean, you guys are making a huge difference in so, so many precious people's lives. Uh, We have a beautiful video we're about to roll, sharing with you guys the fruits of what your donation um, does to to the people there and how it changes their life. So let's go ahead and roll that well promo so you can see the fruit of your giving. Water, it's something we can't live without. Imagine a day without water. Think about what all would be affected. Laundry, cooking, watering your plants, showering, washing your hands, your morning coffee. Hospitals can't function, fires can't be put out, and so much more. Imagine a day without water. In Uganda, they don't have to imagine it. It's a reality. There are many people in Uganda that lack access to clean, safe water, but we can continue to change that reality. Children, elderly, families, they are still in need of clean, safe water. Oh, look at those beautiful faces. You guys are making such a huge difference and we're so honored to partner with everyone over there to make sure that those wells are getting dug and people's lives are being completely changed. So thank you again. If you feel led to donate, um, please do so. We so, so appreciate it um, with you guys partnering with us to get this done. Another quick announcement before we bring Johnny on. We have a brand new episode of American Warriors premiering today. If you do not follow American Warriors on YouTube, please check them out. They're on YouTube at American Warriors. Also, they're on Rumble today at 2 p.m. Pacific time and 5 p.m. Eastern time. There'll be a brand new episode of American Warriors. Today's show is about a man named Steve Bergsing. And as a young man, he was determined to make a career in the army. He volunteered for Vietnam as part of the 101st Airborne Combat Engineers. When he continually went through terrifying experiences, barely escaping, he came to believe he would die there. When he left Vietnam, he was a broken man. This is his story of his experience and his journey to healing. One of the most scariest uh, times I've ever had in Vietnam was on an extraction of uh, medevac that went in and they got shot down. Eight bodies that needed to be recovered. And we went in and of course, supposed to make an LZ. Well, we dropped this huge tree across the LZ so we had to go out on ropes. A rope ladder 
It's not like a ladder that's stationary. You're like this. You are just like this, climbing, and you have no safety strap or no nothing. And once, and once they, you get on the ladder, that helicopter goes zip 3,000 feet so they don't get shot at from small arms fire. I'm telling you what, I am so scared because I knew I didn't have anywhere to go but down. I got in that helicopter. I thought I was going to be thrown out just because the way he was going down this valley. I mean, I thought I was going to fall out. I was grabbing on anything I could. I was so scared more so than whenever I was shot at or murdered, trust me. I thought I was a goner. Wow, I cannot even imagine. I just wanna say a prayer for Steve real quick. Lord, we thank you so much for Steve. And Father, we thank you that you kept his life. You preserved his life for a reason. And God, I just ask that you would encounter him. You would lead him and guide him into all truth and continue to pour out your love into his heart as he continues this healing journey um, from all these incredible circumstances that have happened to him, God. I thank you that in all of it, he sees, Lord, that you had his hand the whole entire time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, without any further ado, let's bring on Johnny and Lowe. 1349 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Hey, Johnny, welcome to the show. Hey, Kelsey, good to see you again. Good to see you. I know you always have so much for us, Johnny. <laughs> Every Monday I've been on with you. It's just incredible revelation. So I'm just going to kick it over to you. And I, too, am going to have my notes out along with everybody else. <laughs> well, you know, that's uh, it's true. There's exciting stuff. Uh, in a rare departure from norm, I feel to start out with a word of prayer. I just feel like even what the Lord wants shared today he really wants um, hearts prepared for it to uh, to to touch them in a unique way where it's not just our mind, our brains touched, but our spirit. I know that happens anyway. So, Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your presence. Just invite you in. I ask you to come in, Holy Spirit, into uh, every place that this is being listened to or watched. Your presence would come in and that you would be uh, the teacher that accompanies the things you've spoken to me to share so that it would really take root, that it would produce that which you wanted to produce, Lord, in each and every heart. Thank you for that. In Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. Well, you know, Kelsey, one of the first things I wanted to give a, a little report on last week, uh, we had many fun things, but we also played this song um, from Lauren Kelly and uh, we, we played the whole song. Um, here for you on Rumble, and I have a little report um, after the fact that I was talking to Matt Thayer, and for the record, I think I, I mentioned his wife with the wrong name, but it's Matt and Joy Thayer, and they, they're the ones that produced, directed the video. I always get mixed up direction and production, so either way, and um, they did the amazing job on that video. They've done many other things as well and are doing uh, great kingdom projects, I think. But her song, I just asked Matt this morning, I said, well, you got any report on that? He says, well, it looks like it's been viewed by over 750,000 people since a week ago. Come so, on. Yeah, 
That's well, awesome. you know, um, just kind of good news as well. Whatever, uh, and it's not to blame Rumble for what the previous numbers were. We could tell they were struggling with the numbers. And I have a someone close for uh, works for us had said, you know, to to accomplish what YouTube has, where you can actually track track views, is not it is a tough thing. And I think. Uh, Rumble finally has had some breakthrough in their technology and they've kind of gone back and corrected the numbers. And so all of a sudden we find out uh, what I was kind of thinking that there has been a lot more views of everything here on the Elijah list, Elijah streams, Elijah clips than previously thought. And so I mentioned 750,000 views, just the program we did a, a week ago has the, in the vicinity of 200,000 just on rumble alone. Wow. So um, y'all did help get it out. And, and I think it's going to be a wonderful anthem for the Patriots, um, a song of hope, but it also, uh, you know, addresses things that need to be addressed. It's one of the tough things that we're learning how to do is how uh, not so tell on the enemy, not to be the advertising agency for the enemy and what he's doing. Cause that's never, that never works. That's the 10 spies model. Like, well, if we, scare them to death enough, then, well, then you find out what you do. They don't go into their promised land for another 40 years if you scare them to death enough. And so, but it's, it's not ignoring the enemy and you tell enough. So people wake up if they think there's no battle, but then there's, you know, the priority is even when you think through the grid of the battle is the Lord's not thinking that he is engaged alone. Whenever he would say the battle is the Lord's, even the second Chronicles 20, uh, uh, scripture on Jehoshaphat and and where they heard from the prophet and where the scripture comes, listen to the prophets and you will prosper. What that prophet Jehaziel said was the battle is the Lord's. You will not need to fight. But there was an immediate instruction, but you must go to the battlefield. So the next morning they went to the battlefield. Okay. And that's what we're learning how to do as the church, as the awakened yes. church, because he says you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You can think of it light and salt are not really engaged in any, uh, you know, hand-to-hand -hand combat in that kind of way. But there is a bringing of the kingdom, of the king's presence to wherever they go. And then the king himself fights on our behalf. And so that was the children of Israel's story going into the promised land, whether it was Jericho, where they surround it, they blow shofars, they obey. And then the Lord and his angels push over the walls and do the heavy lifting. So he will always do the heavy lifting. But he never wants us just, you know, staying in our tents, staying in our home, locked up in our closets. So this has yes. been the call to the body of Christ at this time is to come out of come out of the salt shaker, come out of your homes, show up in society, show up Monday through Friday to the best of your ability, depending on your age and your age and your stage tells what at times it tells where you can show up. But it doesn't, you know, we, we know everybody can show up in prayer, but then the, yeah. there's all kinds of other ways to show up. And you don't think through the grid of what you're accomplishing. Uh, is it enough to make a difference? You have to know that as you show up, he shows up. And that's the difference maker. That's that's the, the story of the children of Israel when they went after Jericho, you know, as they went obediently to the next place they were to bring, uh, we'll say, the conquering kingdom to that the Lord himself threw hailstones and it says more of the enemy was destroyed through his hailstones than what the children of Israel. So you never have to process 
you know, don't go too far in your brain and into your intellect trying to figure out if you're if you're making enough difference. If you're showing up the best of your ability to show up, he sees it. He'll throw the big hailstones and he'll begin to make the difference. That's what's happening right yes. now. It's a day of it's a day of deliverance. But he, he, he doesn't want us passive, nor does he want us ignoring the fact that it is his battle. So that's uh, anyway, that's a good report on that. And, you know, kind of with that, we'll take advantage to brag on on Steve and the Elijah list, Elijah stream. And you're part of all that too, Kelsey. It's it's been amazing. I was telling him even last week, I said, you know, the platform has become a golden platform. And I don't mean from the money making standpoint. I just mean it is. It's amazing who now is coming on and and uh, and in the you know I think in a few weeks months we'll realize more and more the people that came on a lot on those patriots and prophets these that have come mm -hmm. on as patriots I, I strongly recommend those of you who didn't hear Derek Johnson I think that was Friday that interview with Steve um, that was I think super important I think you'll find out that one day that Derek is a little more than he announces. Of course, uh, even as he announces himself, he, he has to say, well, if I was somebody important, I wouldn't be, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell you anyway. Um, but just the information he has is, is helpful in navigating through the storm of events that are taking place and navigating through the awakening we're going through. And, and really you see there's, you know, him and Eric Trump, the president's son, and then General Flynn and yes. uh, Cash Patel, a great friend of the president, Roger Stone, another friend uh, of the president. But there's several that are right in on the inside, knowing we'll say anywhere from almost everything to everything going on uh, behind the scenes. And then, you know, this the regular uh, prophetic lineup has is is just amazing what is what is taking place and the recognition that's out there that this is a platform um of relevance that's one of the main things is that you know the, the body of christ and the church has found a way to be irrelevant that's a bone i keep picking over the last couple of years mm -hmm. a, a strong disappointment that i picked up uh, myself but i believe i got it from the lord it was a test for the church, and we can never say the whole church failed, but uh, if we just look at percentage of that which calls itself the church and those who call themselves church leaders, there is a, um, a you know, it was a test that was um, heavily failed. And so, but the Lord is still doing good. There's still an awakening. The fact that we could have, you know, I haven't figured it out, but I know just quickly there's, there's over a million people watching every. Uh, every week, what comes on the light change, the prophets, uh, something to do with the prophets. There's over a million and they're not. This is not like a million TikTok views where for a few seconds, somebody's watching. These are people committing to an hour, an hour and a half or more yes. of time to hear what God is saying. So there is hunger um, to to hear what God is saying. And, and uh, it really is amazing how the Lord is uh, using uh, this Elijah stream platform. And in that, of course, you as well, Kelsey. So, uh, yeah, to God be the glory. Only God could do it. Bring us God all together. <laughs> oh, only only God could do it. But in that, I'm going to talk a little bit about 
um, media and David and First Samuel 17. I thought of what's a good title. I'm not sure. I had written down God's Q story. You've heard about the Q story and is Q anon? Well, he's not. He's not anonymous. He's the declared Q. Um, he's the he's the answer to all the questions. Yeah. And he's the one that also throws the questions our way. He's watching. He's watching us. He's watching the nations. He is. He's not watching in a uh, with a, a desire to judge and be critical. But as there are there, there are consequences, particularly the higher up you are in nations and in position and church positions, there is yes. a consequence when he's watching. There is a period of rewards. There's recompense and reward on the positive side. But there is, um, you know, a judgment due in the other way as well. And so we're right in the midst of a most phenomenal time in history. I don't believe there's ever been a day like this in history. There's nothing where the whole world is in on the same narrative. The whole world, every nation we've experienced, we were put on, we were put on the same page. We were put on, put into the same battle. We've never seen that. We have great stories or great biblical stories. You know, you, you have a, a tiny part of, uh, of the world where something is taking place. This is seven and a half billion people experiencing some still asleep some awake um some suffering dire consequences some overcoming and, and but there's just there you can look in history no one will ever find a time perhaps since noah's uh, we'll say uh, you know noah's flood that was a worldwide event as yes. well we don't have a lot to to go on as to exactly how many people and what all was going on but there's never been a, a time like this and so there really are uh, rewards and recompenses that are that are due. So many that are doing the courageous things, though, that those that are standing up, being courageous, finding their voice. And yes. and I want to, you know, as I steer Kelsey into this thing of of, of media in First Samuel uh, 17. And, uh, you know, it's being aware of what is taking place, what God is doing. There's. Why do I say that? Because even a lot of will say the patriot community, the sons and daughters of the king, the people that would listen to this program, that are listening to this program, you can be um, discouraged by the delay in in certain matters that we want to take place. And we do believe we're right around the corner from a big reveal, the one we've been expecting for the longest time. A, you know, the storm, a, a storm that helps us cross over into another dimension. And, uh, and another era of the kingdom to make it more more specific. And and one of the things I do is just remind from time to time some of the some of the things that are taking place. And of course, from my perspective, one of the best things that's taking place is this general awakening in the body of Christ. Yes. So, you know, many are uh, finger pointing at those who do awake and calling it Christian nationalism, they're missing a point. This is not a Christian nationalist movement. When people become aware that the world has been being run for a long time by Luciferian pedophiles mm -hmm. and human traffickers and those who do all kinds of incredible evil to children, it is not a nationalist spirit that motivates them to stand up and fight or even vote for President Trump. What most who are, if you're watching and you think that's what's going on here, you think that 
Trump followers or those who follow what we're talking about are Christian nationalists. Absolutely not. These are those who have discovered some of the most horrific, for myself included, some of the most horrific storylines around the world of, uh, you know, of a mafia that is operated on the tops of all seven mountains of all nations. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And this intentional damage and killing of society in every kind of way, and them doing it in the name of their own Lucifer, and they're sticking in that name Lucifer and everything they can, even in part of the mRNA. I don't even know how to exactly, uh, I didn't write this down to share, but I know the an ingredient in that vaccination is something's called Lucifer. Luc- I don't know if you've heard this too, Kelsey. So you can I say, think I have a while ago. Luciferase. Yes, I've read that. Something like Luciferase. And it's intentionally his name. So when we wake up and say that this cannot continue to dominate our world in our day, this is not a this is not a Christian nationalist vein. This is not what's happening. It is black and white, clear, evil uh, versus good. And so if you have any good in you, you have to rise up against it. And you rise up against it even if members of what's called the so-called church are accusing you of things. Uh, it's not Trumpism. It's not nationalism. It is straightforward a righteous vein that says we cannot be ruled by that. We cannot allow that to exist in our day. So this this is something. And so part of the good news, we've said Roe v. v. Wade, and there's been a lot of taking down, if we put all the names, there's somewhere over 3,000 CEOs, uh, heads of uh, corporate corruption around the world that uh, that have resigned or been fired we still have, we're going to find out how many have been, it's hundreds of thousands that have sealed indictments. This is unprecedented. And many of them have already faced some level of judgment, but to have, for there to be a sealed indictment, I don't know if people understand. It's not just somebody thinks, I think they may be guilty. It means the information has gone to a grand jury and a grand jury has said, yeah, I think you're right. We think you do have reason to arrest. And I think it's 300 and somewhere in the vicinity of 350,000 sealed indictments as of last count. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's usually in normal time period, about a thousand from the governmental level. So there, there is, there is a cleanup taking place, but one of the big things happening, you know, we look for, I mentioned first Samuel 17, and it's a well-known story of David and Goliath, but we want to give a different application. We want to give an application to Goliath coming down as really the enemy on the mountain of media. Um, I, when I've preached on Goliath, I, I, I've shared how Goliath, you know, was a big mouth. You, you won't read, you can read from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 and not identify one person he ever killed. Uh, you'll never hear about his sword ever having done damage to anyone. And so, um, you know, so what's what's all the fear about? He had a big mouth. He had a big mouth and he stole the narrative. He took over the media. He took over the media in Israel and he froze him with his narrative and his narrative of what they must do. And so we find out that David, in his victory, he had to first shut the mouth. He confronted him 
we'll say in the mountain of media. He took over the narrative and he shut his mouth first before he ultimately beheaded him. And so this is at a societal level, something that's taken place, but we want to get a personal application um, going for this as well. So in part of the practical understanding of this as we apply it to what's taking place in our day, uh, Kelsey, so there's so much we're talking about Rumble, what they're doing and how this has become a platform. It's amazing how the Lord is using the Elijah list, Elijah stream, even while being deplatformed uh, unfairly, unjustly, uh, with no real, um, you know, real chance to uh, fall in line, we'll say the YouTube, what they did, and that's whatever, 10, 20 years of work and build up. And so you have Facebook and YouTube kind of, it will say in essence, failing to be proper um, uh, platforms for the truth and reality that needs to come out. But we find all these things taking place. So part of this is a good news is, is if we understand you know, I think through the seven mountain grid, and there's a mountain of media. And so on the mountain of media, there has been major victories. I was talking about the good things happening. There's an awakening of God's people and yeah. they decided to become salt and light like never before to yeah. show up else. Not just, you know, let's have a prayer meeting in church. Let's keep those up. That's fine. But there's like, let's show up and actually do something out where it matters in society. And so we accompany our prayer with with appropriate works, with appropriate showing up, you know, for salt, salt has to show up where it needs to go. Darkness will prevail where light, where light doesn't come. But we have, you know, interesting news is Elon Musk took over Twitter. And one of the first things he, you know, just a couple of days ago, one of the first things he did is fire everybody at the top, including specifically on the air, taking out whoever's the one that had deplatformed President Trump for life. And making yeah. announcements that he's going to, you know, reinstate those who, the guy, there's some due process for those those who have been knocked off the platform. It's not like everybody's saying, "Oh yeah, oh, I'm, yay for that," because there's like people have learned to operate on other platforms. But there's probably something something good about that. But Twitter has been a Goliath, and yes. and, and it has in essence been taken down, and and so. That's just one example of a victory that's taking place that we must have, because um, I, I think everybody's getting this idea that we have been programmed, we have been brainwashed, we have been controlled and managed through this uh, echo of, uh, of you know, media narratives that are all controlled by the same elite Luciferians, honestly. And you can put Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, newspapers, 90% of media that's considered mainstream media. They have had this control over people by controlling the narrative. And they still have a lot of the church or a significant measure of the church still um, deceived as to what's been going on. And, and, and still, uh, you know, have, have managed with the, the remaining of the remnant of their platform. So Twitter has been a Goliath and it's being knocked down. Facebook, I don't know what the latest numbers, but at last I had checked last week, they had lost a quarter of their value uh, yeah. um, and uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, I believe, in, in, in loss. And they had already uh, lost uh, billions previously to that. So it, Zuckerberg is, is tumbled as the face of Facebook, you know, being the richest man in the world, whatever, a year ago or something, and he's not in the top 10. 
And mm -hmm. so you find, and there's more, there's all kinds of lawsuits. The state of Washington, I think just fined Facebook $25 million for some sort of, uh, um, some, I won't say election interference. I want to say it right. I didn't, I didn't have uh, notes for it, but we're just saying there is a battle going on the mountain of media and good people standing up and, and, you know, good old little you, whoever you are, wherever you are, you making your difference. And all those of you who have been deplatformed, yes. I've heard from so many of you been deplatformed off both of those, <clears throat> both Twitter and Facebook. And if you got deplatformed for being an agent of truth, it wasn't insignificant. It wasn't just about you. That's where God starts throwing those hailstones behind you, over you and around you. And even if you're not the billionaire who can make the difference and buy it up or do something like that, he will. He is taking out the Goliaths that are around you while while you do your obedience, while you do the little thing that you can. He's doing <clears throat> the bigger thing. So we wanted to um, <clears throat> talk about Twitter and and uh, Rumble and Facebook. Truth Social, according to President Trump's own report last last week, it was out outperforming all other social media last week. And, and I, I didn't see the numbers on that. But so this this is not a little thing. This is not just truth. Social is outperforming conventional, uh, you know, regulation media, standard media, mainstream media, as they like to say. <clears throat> this is an enemy that has dominated the narrative for decades in yes. the world. This is a decimation that had to happen. This literally it would not have made much a difference for those that the only deal is, well, I want Trump to be back officially in the seat of president. It would not matter if he's officially in the seat of president. You, we saw what happened while he was there. There is, you know, two attempts at impeachment. There is a whole twisting of a COVID narrative. And and even when, you know, he tried to you know state that there are some other things that would work like HCQ and other things there. When, when the enemy owns the mountain of media, you don't have much of a chance. You could say it's actually literally more important for the mountain of media to have the free reign of communication and truth available and going through than it is for, uh, you know, the person we would want in charge. Because a person in charge, if the mountains are still all totally occupied by demonic forces, there's not right. much there's not much they can do. So and then there's other, you know, there's Gab that does a lot of uh, good things. That's another platform. And I'm, I'm forgetting. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying this is all it's been battle. This is not nothing going on. These other platforms. And I don't even know where they stand right now. I think other ones are parlor. You may. I don't know if you think of any other ones. Yeah, uh, Telegram is one, too. Oh, Telegram, huge. Yeah. Millions mm -hmm. on, on Telegram. And and yes, the the remnant now. I will say that I call them the remnant media, those that are formerly the Goliaths, they're the remnants. Now they're accusing these of being platforms for right wing nationalists. But they're, they're again, they're twisting what's really going on. These are people who have been deplatformed from telling the truth about Luciferianism running on the tops of the seven mountains. So this is all a battle taking place in our day that has been important. And so it is it is good to see this is something I just want people to be encouraged while you're waiting for the bigger things to happen. And there's there's a global thing going on. And mm -hmm. and, and and so, you know, there's elections going on everywhere. I'm aware of the election in Brazil that so far they've called it uh, against Bolsonaro and they've called it for Lula. It's super close. 
I wouldn't believe that that I can't say, you know, if Bolsonaro comes out and, and says it was fair and honest and they fine, that'll mm-hmm. be part of the process, part of the step. Part of it is the church itself has not awakened appropriately around the world, including places like Brazil. There has been uh, a bowing to the agenda, to the fear. They have they have trusted the CDC, the WHO. They trusted him during during COVID, during the vaccinations. They have not known. They have not been set free. It's why it's such a big deal. The victory is being gained primarily here in the United States, but it affects the world on yes. these other social media platforms are huge for the kingdom. These are, again, some of our language. We have to talk reality, uh, not some of the language. It all has to be reality, but it's not just spiritual raise your hand and this type, this type of thing happens. We are seeing victories. We are, we are seeing the enemy begin to be decimated on the mountain of media, and it will end that way. And, and you know, I think CNN is in, there's something going on in CNN. We're seeing the peace. They're in big life. trouble. Well, there's their a numbers are, are really bad. Well, their numbers are really bad. But then, you know, Don, I can't even think of all the names. Cuomo's and Don, uh, is it Lemon? And, and, and name after name is being taken out. There's firings. There's, I'm pretty sure there's some takeover that's beginning to take place where actually CNN will begin to serve a good cause. It's not, oh, it's wow. not done yet. And so this is going to happen a lot of places where there is either these old institutions will be decimated and destroyed completely, or as we're seeing with Twitter, as we're seeing maybe moving towards that in CNN, they will begin to serve a good cause. So it doesn't it doesn't only have to be a destruction that takes place, but we know there's institutions, United Nations, uh, you know, as an institution, it either has to go through an extreme overhaul and make through uh, mm-hmm. makeover or it is going to be gone as well and and so a lot of a lot of institutions and places that have even prophetic words about them being gone it has to do with they're going to be gone in the way they look they're going to have to um, it's not reinvent themselves they're going to have to bow to some sort of uh, truth telling some sort of righteousness advancing, and no longer just be instruments of darkness. And so there's a lot of people. We have, uh, you know, a lot of believers working through their prayer and through the little things they can do. We have, we're going to find out someday about the significant military contingent. That's why it's good to hear from Derek Johnson to get an idea um, who was, again, who was on with Steve on Friday. There is a substantial number of those who have worked behind the scenes with no fame, um, risking their lives, and they've been doing so in a very intense way. They're doing so right now, and and they're they are heroes. And they, you know, we are in a world war. This is this is amazing. We're, we're we can talk, we can smile, we can, and we want to because the kingdom of God is righteous, peace, and joy. Right. And so it has. That's that's we have to be agents of peace, joy, and uh, righteousness even though the kingdom of God is always in a confrontive mood and mode towards the kingdom of darkness. <clears throat> so um, here's where I want us to go to First uh, Samuel 17. And, <clears throat> you know, I was telling you about God's Q story. Well, for those who like, what are you talking about Q? I've only heard about Q and on. There's a whole distortion that's taking place. And I've talked about it before, but uh, the Q 
is military sourcing for what might be going on behind the scenes. There's first uh, what was called the QAnon, you know, uh, conspiracy theorists is those who began to believe the very thing I was telling you that there are things like um, there's an island called early on it was being called orgy island epstein island and it was where the elite were being brought and children were being brought to them and there's all kinds of horrible things going on and it was filmed and and all that and so many leaders and presidents around the world and uh essentially leaders from all the seven mountains those, those names are out there now it was a conspiracy theory to believe this four years ago now the evidence is out there and they've been you know, he's jailed. Ghislaine Maxwell is jailed. We have we have everything. But, uh, you know, we have identified the place, what they were doing, who was flying there. But we have not yet gone into the justice stage, at least publicly. Of OK, well, who was trafficked? Do they get to tell their story? Or we'll say very, very um, minimal level of that taking place. So that's that's more uh, of what's to come. But there's things that were considered completely uh, conspiracy theory of three, four years ago, even more now, five years ago, whatever. And and a Q source is really a government military intelligence that um, a good government that began telling, and we could go into many things. I don't want to re repeat all that, but the reason I'm bringing up Q is the 17th letter of the alphabet. And so even in code, there's a lot of things to do with the number 17. And um, there's a lot of communicating with the number 17. It's been both a number that the bad guys use, we'll call them the, you know, the dark souls and then the light souls mm -hmm. as well. But I'm I'm talking about God's Q story. So God's Q story, he uses the number 17 as well. It's the number of victory. And 1 Samuel 17 is where <clears throat> David takes out Goliath. And so it is, uh, the, you know, the 17th book of the Bible is the book of Esther. And we're in we're in that kind of day as well, a day of deliverance, a day specifically what we want to uh, speak of Haman who hangs on his own noose. Haman and his sons and his associates, they have this uh, very sophisticated depopulation agenda that they begin to enact and they end out hanging on their own noose. This is to be repeated in some way today. The first Samuel 17 story is about a giant who dies ultimately, who is beheaded by his own sword. And so this is a, a dynamic. The 17th book of the Bible, if you look at it alphabetically, is the book of Genesis. So you have the 17th book overall is Esther, the 17th book. And we're just saying 17 because 17 goes with the letter Q. And it's the 17th uh, letter of the alphabet. So Genesis is a new beginning. We're going into a new beginning. This is what's happening. We're not Wind, we're winding down an age, an era, and spe specifically an era of darkness that has been unseen. It's been hidden. It has been out of the eyes of 90% plus, probably over 95% of the public has not seen the things that are being exposed and brought before them. And there's going to be fully, even for the, the asleep ones, 80 to 90% are going to know things in their day that have not been known for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And so it's yeah. significant, really a, a very significant day. So we want to take some, 
some of the, some of the things that the Lord was, it's funny, he had me wait. It's not funny, but it, it is funny. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. He had me wake up early, not that far after four, to tell me on a, on a theme that I'm very familiar with, but he wanted me to go through it again and write out some some key things and some application for us, because as we are rising and shining, as we're taking, um, as we're targeting Goliath, there's some things, and we're not going to tell the whole story. You know the story, but we want to extract some things, particularly as it re- relates to media, the mountain of media, the big mouth. This point I'm making over and over that Goliath, his, his he was a big mouth, and this is how he did the things that that he did, and so, and I should bring up. T- that, you know, Julie was reminding me early on that um, not on the program, before the program, this is Reformation Day. And so this is um, not even sure the history of it when, you know, I know some are celebrating Halloween from it, but I, I like the Reformation Day aspect of it. And there's no greater example of a reformer in scripture um, than David. Um, when he was King David, before he was king, he was the ultimate, he was the, you know, He's the prototype, the example of who we want to be, who we all want to be. And so there are there are some things we want to extract from David. And in that, there are some cautions for us as we advance back to this thing. I want to address it again that we're, we're like, what do we do? How do we rally people for our side? How do we awaken the sleepers? And the way we generally choose to do so is we have to frighten them, scare them tell them what's going on, how our health is being conspired against, how our wealth is being conspired against. And and so bombard them with hopelessness and fear sometimes because that's what we're carrying mm-hmm. that it really doesn't serve the purpose. See, yeah. we don't want to be awakened out of fear into a fear response. Fear response never really wins any battles. Fear responses just aren't, aren't that effective. Fear responses um, you know, even when you're on the right battlefield going in the right direction, you're kind of operating out of an orphan spirit mentality mm-hmm. and you're, you're not aware you're in the Lord's battle. Back to that point, the battle is the Lord's. And so we fight, we join in because the battle is the Lord's. We want to join in on a battle that's the Lord's. And so we want to think of it as his battlefield. He's the general. He's in charge. We're working with him because he wants us to be those who secure our own freedom under his leadership, under his overwhelming might. And, and so that's, that's, that's part of that, you know, that shift and change we're learning, learning how to do. So here's the part of the storyline I want us to uh, talk about. Let me look at our, at our, at our, at our time. And, you know, the story, um, here's the parts I feel like the Holy Spirit really wanted me to extract for us, for us today. And, and if anybody needs a reminder of what First Samuel 17 is, is you have Goliath comes out and he's a nine foot, nine inch. Apparently, if you go by the cubits, what side they say, he's he's somewhere over nine foot. He's a nine, nine foot, nine inch giant um, that comes out of the Philistine camp and he presents himself before Israel and he says, who will fight me? You know. And we're going to read those verses in just a moment because that that part's important. 
and we understand the end of it. So we're just telling you, he presents himself. Everybody's afraid. For 40 days, um, the children of Israel are shaking. They're in great fear, it will tell us. For 40 days, they're frozen. They're advancing in, in nothing. They're neither going back to their work. They're not doing getting anything done in their agricultural and their work. They're just they're they're positioned, but they're not going to move because somebody has snatched the narrative. Somebody has the media mountain controlled. And so with the control of the media mountain, he has them under a spirit of fear. And that's really what the enemy has been doing, still trying to at a worldwide level is direct human behavior around the world through fear. So let's look at a couple things. Now the Philistines, verse one, now the Philistines gather their armies together to battle and were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Soko and Azekah in Ephes Damim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the Valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield-bearer or armor-bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, now just just note, this is well-known scripture, but let's look at that verse 8. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel. So the first thing he does, he's now got the media. He's got them looking at him. He's got the whole nation looking at him, all the people that matter, all all the captains and generals and the king. And he lays out a narrative. He stood and cried out to the armies of Israel, said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me, kill me, then he will be, we will be your servants. If I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And then verse 11, when Saul and all Israel heard these words, not when they saw a show of violence, when they heard words. When Saul, who was a mighty man of valor, he was a seven footer. He was head and shoulders above everyone else. You see that even when he when he was made king, he was a mighty man of valor. They would say Saul has killed his thousands. So he was a warrior. But what happens is when you get yourself just watching a media that's dominated by a spirit of fear and a fear monger, you find yourself when Saul and all Israel heard these words, not when they saw him kill, when they saw him do anything of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. So this there's so much in this in this is so awesome, starting with verse one. The Philistines gather at Sokol, which belongs to Judah. There is an insight there right right away for us. Mm-hmm. It's, the enemy will come in. See, we think of the story as, okay, they happened to meet two armies in some neutral place, and then their champion came out. No, the Philistines gathered their armies in Judah. In a place in Judah that was supposed to be occupied, that was unoccupied. Mm. Look at it through this 
You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Wherever you are not, the enemy gathers there in the vacuum. But it was also good in the practical way. It's their territory. It's land that belongs to Judah. It gives you another reason why David, when he shows up, he's uh, he's not going to have anything to do with with this guy. He's like, you're in my territory. So you literally have the enemy intruding into Judah, into Israel. And then he lays out the terms of battle and yeah. nobody thinks to discuss it or argue it or whatever. It's not just that he was uh, bigger, that he was, you know, near 10 feet and that he had all this amazing armor. Nobody thought through the fact that 100, which is what I heard before, it's about 150 pounds of armor. 150 pounds of armor makes you not be able to be very mobile as well. And, and again, we never hear about him actually having to battle anybody because his weapon was his mouth. Mm. His sword was never used except against him, his own neck. But it was his mouth. This is how this is the battle of the day we're in. The media comes in and, and there's the media again at the big level. And then there's your internal media. We're going to go to that as well, because you can be defeated and freeze and not advance the picture of 40 days the children of Israel didn't move that number 40 is always a key number in scripture you know generations would be 40 years and there yeah. was all this time the 40 years uh, 40 days 40 years were were involved in in being a number of of significance and so you have you have uh you know a nation frozen for 40 days because somebody, not because he's shown any ability to battle, he hasn't proved anything. He, he, he literally, what it says here, he, uh, he presented himself. I want to show that scripture, that verse, uh, verse 16. We'll look at, uh, we're still First Samuel 17, verse 16. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. Now, just leave it there for a moment because it's so key. The Philistine. This is this illegal, illegitimate, unlawful. This is not neutral territory. He's come into Israel. They have a covenant with God. They have a covenant literally through Abraham on this land, this territory. And he comes in and he's setting the terms for how they live. This is really what's happened at a global level as well. You yeah. have these bankers and these Luciferians. And and they have decided that they own the world and they're setting the terms for how we do things. But he presented himself. Look at that morning and evening. What are we used to hearing morning and evening? Especially used to be the news. There's the morning news and the evening news. And so he draws near and notice it doesn't just say he talked. He presented himself. See, it's a presentation. The news has been a presentation. It's a presentation of a narrative that they want imposed on people for them to do things their way. And so this is what's being broken off. The yoke of the Philistine, the media Philistine's presentation is being broken off. And that's why I've listed some practical things such as what's taking place with Twitter and Facebook and the new role of rumble and truth social and all that kind of stuff, because these are all breaking off the presentation of Goliath of the big mouth that dominates because he literally has a whole nation, including all its mighty men. All, this whole nation is subject and subjugated because they are listening to this. Again, we're telling you about what happened. 
I see. I think you all are seeing the application. Seeing the correlation. The, and this the, is the decade of the mouth. It's the pay. It's the decade of the mouth, which is so interesting as tell, well. That it's Explain that a little bit more in the Hebraic numbers. Tell that. Do you know so what? we're in 5783 right now because that's the Hebraic calendar. We go uh, with the Gregorian calendar, but right now we're in the new year already. And this whole decade of 5780 is the decade of the mouth. It's the pay, the letter in Hebrew. So when you're talking about all of this and we're seeing God manifest in the media in such a powerful way, and we're seeing people stand up and speak the truth of God's word without compromise, it's amazing because we're anointed to do this right now in this season. And it's shows us in the Hebrew calendar. It's really cool. It was good you brought that up because it is. So the the the, the decade, we're in the decade of the mouth just looking at it from the Hebraic numbers, which in, in the symbolism there, and it's exactly the truth. So anytime we're seeing victory, whether you see Trump officially back whenever that does happen, again, he's commander in chief, he's president from heaven's standpoint, but whenever he's in that exact seat or not, this is a battle that had to take place. And it's a battle that has to take place on the mountain of media. And the Lord is working with us. And he's doing damage to the enemy. And this has this has to be a new reality for us. Again, this this uh, this grip of Goliath on the media of being able to just hold us hostage. Morning news, night news with the narrative that they're trying to sell us. Uh, um, that has to be broken and is being broken. And that's why these alternative platforms are, are great. So, you know, what's um, uh, amazing also about David, uh, it, just to jump, just some random things here and there. And, you know, David, um, it, it tells us that his father, you, you, y'all can look at it because you, you know the storyline. I don't want to take the time to read it. But, um, you know, it was in verse 17 that his dad sends David and tells, says, now take for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these 10 loaves and run to your brothers at the camp. And so this ephah of the dried grain was 20 dry quarts. I figured it out. That's like a five-gallon bucket of, 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 of grain, of flour or whatever. And he has 10 cheeses and 10 loaves. And his brother says, run to your brother at the camp. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> they lived in Bethlehem, and the battle site is 15 miles away. So wow. you want to understand that David, and it says, so David, verse 20, David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper and took the things and went as Jesse has commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. And um, and in verse 22, and David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army to face to go to the front lines. So what he had so much stuff that he personally carried, not on a horse. He ran himself. He, he ran 15 miles, and it tells us that he got there early enough in the morning to beat the army going out to battle. So there should somebody should have had a clue that this guy was a supernatural guy already. We he ran a marathon <laughs> with <You> five mean, <laughs> 10 cheeses, 10 loaves, 15 miles, and he gets there in short order. You know, he's the guy that says, through God, I can run through. Uh, run through a troop, leap over a wall. He could barehandedly kill lions and bears. He really was the original Superman. But they yeah. didn't. 
it's like how you know his dad didn't know it. His dad just sends him out, thinks he's good for Britain. Like if you're going to send him for 15 miles and he's going to carry that much stuff, um, you you must know. You know how come you don't know this guy's a supernatural? Uh, how do you not know? And he was pack? just a kid. He was just a kid, you know. And there's we we don't know for sure, you know what um, what size um, what size he was, um, and and we know, you know, he had to be smaller Saul was, than Saul. <laughs> Saul was the seven footer, and he puts his armor on. So his armor was um, uh, was you know it was enough. We don't know, like. The fact that he would even, if he was only six foot tall, he might have been a big guy. So I'm trying to say, David might have been a big guy, just not that big. And and but his strength did not come from his natural muscles. His strength yes. came from um, his strength came from the Lord, and he's the guy that's going to take out the media mouth. Now I'm going to do something I've never had to do on uh, the program at all, and this will just show you we're in real time and all that kind of stuff. So Kelsey, you're going to pick up some revelation. I had some coffee right before I came on. I have to go. I have to go to the bathroom. And so for just a minute, so share something, share something good. And I'll be right back. Okay. Let's keep talking about David just because his, his story is so incredible. So we know that when Samuel anointed him and he came and, um, he looked through all the different brothers and he was expecting like, okay, I'm going to anoint this brother, you know, cause he's handsome and he's tall. And he's like, it tells Jesse, you know, this isn't the one, this isn't the one, this isn't the one. And so he keeps going down the line and, and finally David comes in from tending the sheep and there wasn't anything special about him. You know, it wasn't like, was like, oh, this is definitely the one, you know, when God has a way of using the people who are outcasts, who other people say, oh, no, they're not qualified. Uh, look at Moses, you know, he had a stammer in his talk, you know, God looks at people differently. He doesn't look at the outside. He looks at the heart. And so with da the story of David is so incredible just because of all that happened, um, it's such a supernatural story, but even for today, you know, God picks and chooses those who the world says are not qualified, cannot do it. Uh, they try to sit you down and silence you and God will raise you up. You know, I think of all the moms and dads who are going to the, um, going to the school board meetings and they're standing up for their children and they're saying, look, this book is in the library and it's, it's awful. It's horrible. And these people are just coming and God is anointing them for such a time as this to stand up against the evil and say, you know what, this is really happening and we're going to fight this. Um, we just see God raising up David's right now all over the place to fight what Johnny's talking about, which is the huge, um, media giant that has been in control for so, so long. So we see these uh, other companies like Clay Clark is a great example with his show. He's, I mean, he is standing up and using his platform to speak the truth. So many others we could talk about are doing that, but this story's really, really um, encouraging, <laughs> really encouraging because it's, 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 David is just such an encouraging story for all of us, no matter where we're at. It really is. So we want to hit upon another a couple of main points here, again, for application for us 
and personally as as well as the application for uh, the big picture that we're talking about. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. I read to you in verse, uh, in chapter 17, in verse 8, um, when Goliath, then he stood out and cried to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Now, keep that up for a second. In those two questions, there are so many lies and distortions. But you have to have, you have to know the truth. You have to be a David to understand that. He cries out to the armies, why have you come out to line up for battle? He has invaded their territory and he's making it look like they're the ones that are on some mission to go take property that's not theirs. That's one of the things the enemy will do is like, no, this is mine. You can't have it. I've been here a long time. And, and uh, you have to know what you contend for. You have to know uh, cities and nations. Uh, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. Go therefore. There's a go therefore disciple nations. And so he has no right to eat, not a square inch of earth. You have to realize that the enemy doesn't. And he'll convince you because he's been there a long time. And he'll tell you about sacrifices, even blood sacrifices and other things they've done. One drop of the blood of Jesus outweighs a thousand gallons of distorted blood sacrifices that they've done. And that's one of the things they do in the dark, uh, from the dark side, the Luciferian cult is extreme shedding of blood because the enemy knows there's power in the blood, but, in the blood. But the blood of Jesus is what dominates. So we'll get knocked off narrative if we give up media, if we give up hearing the correct narrative internally. Or externally, again, like I say, many much of the church to me is on the wrong narrative externally, even thinking that the troubles of this day are because Jesus is about to return, or the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophets about to take over. No, no, no. The the challenges we're going through are because the Davids have not been activated, and this is what God is calling at this time is for the Davids who first of all find their own voice, find their own identity, find their own correct narrative for themselves personally. And so when they see the enemy lying, they also finger point and point that out. That's one of my assignments is to point out where the enemy is lying to us and giving us a distorted narrative. And you literally are empowered by a narrative. You're disempowered by a narrative. So you want to be on the right one. So I gave you the first, uh, put back that scripture, uh, please. We gave you the the first, am I, uh, why have you come out to line up for the battle as if, Again, they had intruded on him. Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Now, that, that you may not recognize the lie there, but David will be the one that corrects that narrative later on. We'll go to it just a minute. Look, am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? So here's the question. Were they servants of Saul? So we'll go and get that corrected in verse, I believe it's 26 if I'm going by memory. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be, as verse 26, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now keep that up for so a second powerful. as well. Yeah, you, you see the correction of the narrative? 
were they Saul's servants? No, they were not. Who were they? The armies of the living God. See, if the enemy can strip you down to just being whoever you think you are, either your name, you know, I'm Jane Smith, I'm uh, George, whatever your natural name is, or whatever camp you come from that's less than God, he is he is guilty of identity theft. But so Goliath comes in, he steals their identity. He like challenged them. Why are you here taking us on as if this was their land? And then he says, you are servants of Saul and I'm a Philistine and I'm nine foot tall. I'm more than nine feet tall. Your tallest guy is seven foot tall. Uh, and so he distracts any, any, any crafts a distorted, deceptive narrative for the people, and even Saul falls to it. And so you you find that they are, uh, and keep that up just for a moment more, they, they, they fall for that. And I already read to you where it said in verse 11, so they were dis greatly dismayed, very fearful because you have this liar, this massive, he was a giant and a, gig a gigantic liar. That's what he was, a big mouth. He took over the media and he and he changed the reality uh, for them and they bought into it and that he should defy. But then David, how is he correcting it? So this is this is he has this personally because you cannot overcome what David had to overcome. I don't have time to go into that that story, but there's a reason why he was overlooked and not originally even thought as a candidate was not even called to the family. He wasn't recognized as one of the sons That's from. First uh, Samuel 16, he ultimately was anointed king by Samuel. He was not even invited in there because he was not considered a son. He was illegitimate. That comes as a book of mine, I'll tell you about at the end. And so he's had to overcome rejection. He's had to overcome, uh, uh, you know, being treated as trash because those who watched, we already pointed out that when he left his father, he left the sheep with a keeper. Why couldn't he leave him with the keeper to go see his brother made king? Because he was a keeper. He was considered, he was not family. He was, he was considered the illegitimate outcast. So he's already had to overcome that. And then he's learned to fight lions and bears and kill them with his bare hands. And so he understands what it means to be a member of the army of the living God. So wherever you're at, whatever, wherever you're making your stand, whether it's, you know, on your little, not say if you not, not making funny, but he's platform, your little media platform, you can have a little medium or large. You can be, I've got friends all over the place who are now going to show up for the election and watch, uh, you know, they're going to be those who watch the table and watch, uh, make sure there's not theft the best of their ability to do so. Uh, you are you're you're not just you being a good citizen. This is not just nationalism. You are the armies of the living God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The nations are His. In Psalms two, ask of me, and I'll give you the nations for an inheritance. Inheriting nations is connected to fair elections and elections being properly uh, run. You cannot have the enemy running your media of a nation and nations come under Christ. See, we have to begin to connect these super spiritual thoughts with very practical thoughts. And we have to understand that this is this is what is required of us. And so a David comes in and he says, you are not servants of Saul. 
You are the armies of the living God. And when he calls him an uncircumcised Philistine in that verse, you don't have to go back there because you'll remember it. He's not just creatively ridiculing him. He's not just uh, insulting him, you uncircumcised Philistine. He's reminding the people Mm. that this giant has no covenant with God and that they do. They are all circumcised as a sign of covenant, the same covenant that says this land is theirs, because this is a land given to them covenantally through God and Abraham's interaction. So there is a whole correcting of a crafted narrative that is taking place. I'll just tell you, behind the scenes, my assignment from the Lord, what he tells me is basically this is what I'm about. There is a lying narrative that's going out there, even within the body of Christ, a narrative of giving up, a a narrative of, you know, the children of Israel, 40 days shaking and quaking and, quote, waiting for Jesus to return. I I say that like this is this is this is how it's going to happen. This is this is the narrative that much of the church has embraced. The Mm -hmm. eschatology, uh, uh, I won't give it I won't give it a name. Y'all can figure it out. The doctrine of the end times. But it's like we have to occupy. Right. We're to occupy. No, we're supposed to. Instead, there's a narrative. No, we're supposed to get beat up by the enemy. Then God comes and rescues us. And so there's this thing. No, Goliath is supposed to start trampling us real soon. You know, he's intimidating us forever and ever. And then he's going to begin crushing us. And then, uh, you know, and that's and Jesus rescues us. And he's like, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Creation groans and travails, not for Jesus' return, it says in Romans 8, but for the revealing of the sons and daughters of the king. And so, yes, the battle is the Lord's. This is where the Lord becomes very activated. Even when David finally takes out Goliath, Goliath laughs at him. Who are you? Again, he's taking over the mountain of media. He is mocking him. He is belittling. He's trash talking would be a, a way when David shows up. He's like, you come to me with a stick? Am I a dog? He's like, because that's what it's like. Your stick is like the deal with a dog. You think you're dealing with a dog? And David looks at the stick and says, you think this is my weapon? You have more problems than you imagine, son. Um, there is back with the trash trash talking. I should read that trash talking verse in a moment just for us to get the impartation from it because I'm making a point. You cannot let the enemy get away with ruling and reigning on the mountain of media in society. You cannot let him rule and reign in your own heart. You cannot let the enemy continue to steal you of your identity, of your narrative, of the meta narrative, of the day we live in, of your role in it, of the great things the Lord has has for you. Because if you do, you're going to be like Saul in the whole nation of Israel. You're going to be frozen, not advancing. You're you're the victim. You're waiting. You're waiting because this is a day of deliverance from the Lord. But it doesn't mean we wait. It means we we get activated into his battle. That's what David did. The battle is the Lord's. David says the battle is the Lord's, but he's the one that took him out. So he brought the battle of the Lord's to him. And we really have to learn how to advance and, uh, and, and, grow, and grow in this. So we have a correcting of the narrative that takes place both for the nation, for himself personally. So I want to read that late in the chapter. I have to read to you this part because it relates to the media component. Then I'm hoping, oh, my goodness, I got to be done. I was going to hope you could get a couple of questions. Uh, <laughs> so much time. I always got so much so excited about this stuff. So it says that, you know, verse 48. Uh, the Philistine arose, 
drew near to David. David hurried and ran toward the, the army to meet the Philistine. You have to understand, David hurried and ran toward the enemy. You will see the whole body language of David the entire time. Zero fear. No fear. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, I've made him mad. What's going to happen? He hurries and runs to him. He runs from home. He runs from home to the battlefield. He runs to the battlefield. He sees him for the first time. And he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And internally, he's thinking, if nobody else will align with the armies of God, I will. And then the rest of the nation will see what kind of victory. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a uh, sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. So he ran, takes his sword. Actually, the part I was going to read, that was a good part, too, because it's we finally see his head gets cut off and he holds up that bloody head. And it's like, boys, is this the problem? And then there is an immediate transformation, both in the camp of the Philistines and in the camp of Israel, because the Philistines, when they saw their champion was dead, they fled. When they saw their champion was dead, they fled. Hey, somebody could do a little, uh, I can't do that, some rap rhyme going on there. And the, this is now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued. And those are three words we're called to do. Arise, shout, pursue. So this is something that's the, the, the impartation of the spirit of David that came to them because literally no weapons had changed. You had the same army in front of the same army for 40 days. No weapons had been exchanged. Nothing happens, but they will now chase them for over 10 miles back into their cities and they will wipe up. They'll wipe up the Philistines. All of a sudden, Saul's cowards become David's mighty men because yes. they've, seen, they've not just seen an example, but somebody has taken the media mountain, corrected the distorted narrative, both outwardly and internally for them, they all realized they were not just victims. They were all not just, uh, you know, fodder for these Luciferians that are running things. But they realized the spirit of the living God was in each and every one of them. And so it wasn't just David. Yes. It wasn't just him bringing this, this great victory. But the part where the, the, the narrative is, verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with the... Oh, now you have this before then. Verse 43. Verse 42. <laughs> <laughs> Got it, Emily. Verse 42. We're, we're really messing Emily up bad. She's Emily, doing good. She's, she's got the spirit of David on her. She's quick. She gets on it. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So we find out his dad didn't know who he was. His brothers, we, we didn't read there, but they're like, what are you doing here? You spoil Brack. You know, like nobody believed in David, but David knew who he was. And yes. so uh, your dad cannot know who you are supposed to be. Your brothers may not know your king. The first thing when he tells Saul, I can take him out. Saul says, you are not able. David says, I can. So it doesn't matter if no one else believes in you, if you got the spirit of the living God rumbling in, inside of you. And so the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. See, here's a clash of the gods. This is what's taking place right now. For those of you who don't know that, they are counting on their gods. And I'm talking about the Luciferian cult that's been running the nations of the world for decades and centuries, perhaps. They are uh, they are calling upon Molech. They are calling upon uh, Osiris. They are calling upon Baal. They are calling upon every demonic fortress 
they think has power. They are shedding all the blood they can imagine right now. They're still they're doing it right now. We're going to find out even in these days they're shedding blood because they think this is how they're going to get victory. These curses, not a one of them alike. You notice that there's no more discussion. The Philistine cursed David by his gods. Obviously, none of the curses alit. You know, the scripture says without a cause, a curse cannot alight. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. You see that intimidation, mocking and intimidation coming through media. He's still the airwaves, the whole nation. Both nations are listening. All the Philistines are listening. All the children of Israel. It tells us this is a valley setting that is uh, between two mountains. And they're all listening to what's truth. We have David's truth. and We have Goliath's truth. And they're under Who's got the truth? Who's really telling us the way it is? Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you. See, he says, you think it was a stick. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, that all this assembly should know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. See, the battle is the Lord's, but David's taking him on. The battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. They run together. David takes him out. The most anticlimactic battle in history but we see this, we have, you know, Goliath is like fee five fo fum I smell the blood. I will give your flesh to the birds of the air. And you could think David go, wow, man, I man, I didn't mean to make them mad. No, <laughs> David comes back with four verses. You know, Goliath has one verse for him. David says, you know what? I'm already looking past you. After I take your head off, I'm going after the carcasses of a thousand of your first Philistines back to which is why the moment. Goliath lost his head. The Philistines turned to each other and said, he's coming for us next. You yeah. now have thousands running. They weren't running from the rest of the army. They're running from David. But David yes. had contaminated in a positive way. He had infected <laughs> in a good way. He had, uh, he had passed on something to the rest of the children of Israel who had been shaking, who had been cowardly for yes. 40 days. This is the spirit the Lord is looking for us to rise up in right now and he wants us again just to to close quickly the personal application you are not a servant of Saul you know we can look at Saul as being the deep state you can say the Soros the Gates the central bank and all these things you are not it's even I'm going to tell you it is you you find I don't like bringing their names out but I've got to you know Franklin Graham goes on and he says you know we everyone must get a vaccination Jesus would have us get a vaccination and I don't know if he's changed his mind now that he's found more out more things. But you say we're believers and a Christian is duty. We need to all get a vaccination before it's too late. That is capitulating. That is why Saul capitulates. And that, that's a Saul thing. Then you have T.D. Jakes inviting Fauci to his uh, his platform and has him speak to the congregation, and then announce to his congregation. You cannot come to this church unless you have a vaccination, unless you're doing all the protocols. Mm-hmm mandated to you by the pharaohs of this day and so and then recently last week was it uh, td jakes has on his platform uh um uh pete i forget his last name starts with the b his last name's hard to say 
but he's he's one I think he even comes with his partner, male partner. He comes and this we're not making a statement on judging uh, gay uh, homosexuality or whatever, but he's just inviting this stuff on his stage. And so we have capitulation going on all throughout the uh, quote body of Christ, the church. We have mm-hmm. leaders all over. I could go and name after name after name. And that's Saul. And the house of Saul will bow. The house of Saul will shake. A house of Saul will, you know, will kiss the ring and and say, okay, whatever you say, Goliath, because that's what this Saul did. And if there wasn't a David that arose from uh, from within um, to change to change the, the game, he was the, the ultimate game changer. Then then they all lose. And so we want to realize this is an important. So you're not a servant of Saul. You're not a servant of the deep state, nor are you a servant of Saul. So you got to break off whatever part of you has been owning this. I'm a victim. I don't know what's going to happen. I need to prepare to survive in some kind of way. Don't be that person. Be be a David. Be These guys stayed mighty men of David. If we went on to read in Chronicles later on, the mighty men of David, they expanded the kingdom. They dealt with enemies. And it was called of, the, of David's mighty men, it says, and they were like the army of God. And it talks about how individually they could also take out giants. They could take out lions. They could take out, you know, two of them could take out a whole camp of of the Philistines. They could take thousands of them out. So it wasn't like there's a one moment. This is not about President Trump being officially president. There is a whole battle for the nations taking place on every one of the mountains. And we're going to have to stay encouraged, not not just stay encouraged, but we're going to have to stay uh, encouraged. And so we are the army of God. You are the army of God. If you identify as a son of the most high, a daughter of the most high, don't forget that. Don't be knocked off of it. You lose any kind of presence or power you could take and make a difference in society if you're that. Um, And so the the enemy's size and, and the timetable that they choose matter not. We do not go by what the enemy whether he's trying to choose the battlefield or the time or to tell us how big he is, all that stuff is incidental. It is, it is less than, uh, you know, it's disinformation. We'll put it that way. That's, that's what all that is. So is Goliath the problem or is the seeding, the giving up of Judah is the weak narrative the problem? And just to remind you that that was the problem. Goliath wasn't the problem. The problem was, we had people who didn't know who he what who he was. What you think yeah. about God is the most important thing about you. Did not know what the narrative was. They're like, no, we're all to keep backing up, backing up until Jesus rescues us. No, 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 that's not what happens. So we want to get those things um, uh, established. So there was more there, but I want to. Uh, I was like, I needed to be able to give at least. If do we have time for a couple of questions there, Kelsey? Yeah, sure. If you're up for it. I, I am. A, I'm going to tell real quickly that um, I wrote "Becoming a Superhero: A Pocket Guide to a Life Like David." We don't have this book; they're sold out. But we do have in PDF on our Restore Seven website. You can download, and um, I think you know. I don't. Remember, I don't think it's free there, but it's like. Not much. It's you know, it's not your a mortgage payment or anything. And um, and then we also have it in audiobook, um in audiobook on Audible, and it's done in my voice, and you can go find that out. Becoming a superhero, a pocket guide to a life like David. Reformation oh, Day, 
reformers arise, we have got to identify just these very specifics that I brought to today. The power of overthrowing the lying media narrative of the enemy on the big picture and the power of overthrowing his media platform in your own life. You cannot yeah. keep out him. You have to be who the Lord has told you you are. And we'll close with a prayer in a moment after that. But yes. Oh, wow. 125. Do we have any questions? So you guys, if you want to get that book, um, we have a link where you can click on the link. Um, and the PDF is $10 and it's available in paperback as well. Is that right, Johnny? It, we don't know. This is no, this is not available in book form at all. Actually, okay. I'm getting, just I'm, the PDF, PDF or the audio book and an audio book on audible. Okay. Um, it, okay, so you guys words. can find it there. And Johnny, why don't I, before you pray, why don't I just ask, um, we have a lot of amazing questions. I read through them all. Okay, let me find the one. Okay, this one is from Vanessa. And we talked about, you shared about the judgment of God and, and everything. So she, her question was kind of about that. So Vanessa asked, I always understand that God wasn't judging right now because we were in an age of grace and judgment would come at the end of the age. Can you please talk about this and help me to understand? Also, if people are being judged now on the earth, does that mean they will receive less of a punishment at the great white throne judgment? Well, we're going to have to just do a short, short answer on this, but in, in simple and kind of in obvious judgment is taking place all the time. There's no such yes. thing like age of grace does that would almost imply that there is a time period where you can get away with murder and you have no consequences. That time has never existed, doesn't exist. And so um, it, it's never about that. And so, it, you know, the era age of grace in some way is always there since Jesus, because it says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess your sins, you turn to him. He is quick to, you know, there's all kinds of scriptures. You can even find scriptures from the Old Testament will say he is a gracious, merciful God to those who repent. Yes. But there's the the idea that for those who don't repent, there is some sort of uh, uh, grace. No, there is a moment of accountability. There is harvest time where there is a, you know, it, it happens at another level where there is a reaping of, uh, of a crop of evil that comes your way. The scripture speaks of those who being repro reproved and rebuked often, but don't listen. Then suddenly their judgment comes in. But your um, this thing of judgment, and I'd have to do a, a whole message on that because judgment is thought of as a negative thing. That's and right. you have to understand throughout scripture, judgment was generally thought as a positive thing because yes. when it says you are the God of judgment, we could use the word justice. But throughout the whole Old Testament, the idea, what most nations knew is that just to get a hearing for your case of injustice was the rarest thing. And so just uh, for for it to be presented to an authority that could do something about that was the hard part. And so then a a Judgment just simply means a ruling, you know, a judgment. You can go to a, think of it just practical uh, today. You can go to a court case and there's going to be a judgment is made 
one side celebrates, one side does not. Uh, uh, so one side is happy, one side is, is not, unless it's only the state versus somebody. But whether, you know, we see it most clearly in a civil lawsuit or somebody, did somebody actually damage you with what they did or say? And so the court awards them. So you have one side that is not happy, one side is happy. So judgment always has that dynamic that it thrills some and that it um, does not thrill the other side. Part of what I've been saying that this uh, this emphasis of God looking after the children, God going after, uh, um, say it a different way, this strong emphasis of justice for this day, and we're looking for a justice reveal. Justice is God's a judgment God makes on behalf of the abused. And so it's mercy for the abused. Like you don't, you don't want, you don't want to be crying out to God to keep allowing those who are harming children to keep allowing children. Um, right. just for those who are listening. So right. you don't want to say, Lord, I, you know, because this is what we used to think is no, I, I never want justice. I only want grace. I want grace, grace. Well, grace for those children means justice. For those who are harming. So we have to be able to incorporate that. Anyway, it's kind of a hard to cover that in a couple couple minutes. Hope it made sense for people there. Yeah, that's so good. People, I think, mix up sometimes God's justice and judgment with God's wrath. And so they think judgment is wrath and they're two completely different things. God judges us because he loves us. God disciplines those he loves so we can repent and turn back to him. And it's not, it's not as wrap. Okay. Can we do one more? Sure. Okay. Okay. Renee asks, is it possible to watch so much prophecy that when you prophesy, you're just copying or saying a prophecy you've heard? <laughs> also, is it possible to hear the interpretation of a message in tongues before the message in tongues is even spoken? So that's two questions. So first, if you watch so much prophecy, is it possible that you could just copy something you've already heard and say it's the Lord? Yes. And, you know, that's something that happens at some level of frequency in the prophetic community. And, you know, there is it kind of requires discernment to even know. Um, I don't know. I pick up on certain prophetic voices that they don't really have. There's certain ones I'll just say over the years. I don't want to be pointing fingers anywhere, but that I can tell they don't have a strong channel this way with him. But they mm-hmm. have they recognize once they hear it this way, they recognize something that sounded good. And mm-hmm. so they're an echo. So there's you there's prophetic echoes and there's a lot of prophetic echoes um, that might even find, uh, you know, some little nuanced, creative way to say it a little differently and and but it really didn't come from something they heard personally from the Lord. I say those who backed off prophetic words, that's I won't say everyone who backed off prophetic words uh, is in that camp. But that's that's I couldn't back off something he told me. OK, just yeah. for instance, about the election and who won it and all that kind of stuff. That's something I heard from him. And, and and the role of Trump, I heard from him. So you can't yeah. intimidate me, call me enough names and send me enough hate mail to get me to back off that. And and I'm not mm-hmm. saying those that did back off are that way. But I just say it's when you take echoes, you don't carry it as strongly as well. I'm OK with it either way. If they felt they recognize it, if they're on right on, on the right narrative, it's it's fine. And yes, at some point, 
you're hearing things from the Holy Spirit and and the Holy Spirit speaking to everybody. So at some point you don't know, did he did he just speak that to me or is that did I hear there is a legitimate place where you don't know. Did you like you heard somebody speak and the Holy Spirit like that's me that just said it. So we we can get into uh, some over processing in that. And but the simple answer, if it's just the question is, can that happen? Yes. And I don't think it's, uh, you know, I think the best for prophetic integrity, if you're a voice that has like she didn't bring up if she's doing this in front of the church or just a comment with someone else. I don't think it matters. But if mm-hmm. you're giving a word in the main place and acting like it's yours, but you know you got it from somewhere else, you should do, I, I just think, integrity-wise. It doesn't make you a false prophet. It doesn't make you a whole lot of things. God right. is the main one that's watching over that. You say, I actually heard this first from so-and-so, but I I like it and I believe it. Um, yes. But, so you know. Good. I know just, for instance, Seven Mountain stuff, there's a lot of questions on the, you know, who got it first? No, they're like, did you or did Lance Wallnow or did uh, Lauren Cunningham or or did Bill Bright? And all I say is all I know is I heard what I heard first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out I'm actually sharing from my book to my church. And I had someone that came and said, do you know there's a man named Lance Wallnow? He's preaching on Seven Mountains. I go, no. Like what Seven Mountains? I like the seven mountains of Rome, seven mountains of Jerusalem. He goes, no, the exact same seven mountains. You are going, no. Wow. Like, no. And he got, so the Holy Spirit, you know, with the same Holy Spirit. So we shouldn't yes. be strange. On the one hand, when you hear prophetic voices echoing each other, it doesn't necessarily mean they're echoing each other. It could just mean their personal line to the Holy Spirit. They're on the same, think of it as a yes. power line and they're picking up the same communication. So it, right. It's to be expected that there would be, um, a, you know, a repeat message taking taking place there. Then on the last one, yeah, that's the so question. Is, there, her second question was, is it possible to hear interpretation of a message in tongues before the message in tongues is spoken? Yes. It's simple thing is yes. And particularly if you have your gifted on interpretation of tongues, uh it, it it can come simultaneously you could have it resident inside of you uh, ahead of time so yeah you know, don't, don't put on in a box right yeah <laughs> he can do what he wants oh, well he's outside of time so that's <laughs> that's not a challenge for him at all so awesome okay guys well thank you so much johnny for staying with us today we got a lot of johnny today guys <laughs> he got to some of your questions yay <laughs> So thank you so much for being with us, Johnny. Would you pray for people, however um, yes. the Holy Spirit leads? Yes, I did want to do that. Lord, we just thank you for this day that we live in. Lord, we just thank you that uh, that you are doing an amazing, visible work on planet Earth. Even as somebody shared with us an open vision they had earlier this week that you had shown them that you are directing the most epic drama in history and that you are the director. Lord, I was reminded of that as I began to pray here. This is what's taking place. This is an epic drama, much like the David and Goliath, but this is happening at a global level. And we're seeing it, of course, at a national level, the United States in a big way. But there is an epic drama and there is a role 
for all. And there is there are promotions for those who see your story, your narrative, your identifications. And that there is even something you're doing right now in the spirit realm, Lord, of providing the next level of grace and anointing on these mighty men of David, as it were, mighty women, mighty men of David. Lord, I thank you for releasing right now across the airwaves a fresh anointing for those who have grown weary, have grown tired, uh, who have um, even been able to see areas where the enemy has had victory and been discouraged by that, uh, hearing whether it's election losses in other nations or or in other places where, where, where things are not perfect. And they have been discouraged by that, Lord. I just thank you for strengthening their spirits. And I just have to interrupt my own prayer. I feel like the Lord is just telling me, just be aware of that's a strategy of the enemy is to discourage you if you are seeing some losses. And in this world, we will have tribulation. So even when we're going through celebration, even when good thing after good thing after good thing, we're going from glory to glory, there's always going to be areas where the enemy is having some victories and or momentary victories. And so we have to learn uh, uh, we have to learn how to not be over observant of what the enemy is doing. We have to live off the testimonies of what God is doing. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony uh, at that time, particularly written in the New Testament, you know, the enemy was doing more than what the Lord was doing seemingly. But he's like, you overcome him by telling you brag on God. You see God, you brag on God, you tell about the victories over giants. And so if you have found yourself weakened in any way by overly concentrating on the enemy or just being exposed to too much negative reports about whether it's the vaccines, elections in other nations, um, whatever part of the enemy's uh, agenda that you've been exposed to or heard about it, Sometimes you have to limit what you're what you're allowing to go into your own into your own mind as part of guarding your own mountain of media. So, Lord, I thank you for releasing encouragement on your sons and daughters. Now, Lord, release a fresh wind of your spirit. Let some even feel it naturally where they are right now. Lord, just a wind, a breeze come to them that ignites them for such a time as this. Lord, we are going into yet another November to remember. Seems like the last three or four have been. November's to remember. This is a big November to remember. And Lord, show yourself mighty through your sons and daughters, through your rising Davids, through your rising Davidinas, uh, Lord, because it's it's as much or more with the ladies that you are raising up at this time for such a time as this. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Johnny, so much for all you shared with us and you're so awesome. We were Thank honored you. to have you with us. Thank you, Kelsey. You did a All great right, job. guys. We love you so, so very much. Make sure you check out um, Restore7.org. Pick up the audiobooks and all the other things um, that Johnny has. Everyone can follow you on all on social media platforms, right? Under Johnny Enlow. Yeah. Johnny and Elizabeth uh, kind of go together. Johnny Elizabeth Enlow, I think on Facebook. I, I don't tell too much stuff there. We kind of use it for disseminating information because somehow they haven't knocked us knocked us out uh, yet we're, the grace of god is on us somehow so far whenever we get knocked off they're fine but we try to put the you know the unfiltered stuff rumble in other places yeah. so yeah all right so you can follow him on rumble that's where you get the the most real stuff 
<laughs> and we will see you guys all tomorrow. A very lunch tomorrow will be on the show with Steve. So we're looking forward to having him. We love you guys so very much. Have a blessed Monday, blessed Reformation Day. In Jesus' name, we'll see y'all tomorrow. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.